I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. <laughs> I just love that I'm Emma. <laughs> it's okay, I'll remind you who you are. Thanks. Unless I don't know, and then we'll just make it up. <laughs> when we're like 90, this is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm Princess Sophia. <laughs> I was a girl. Never mind. <laughs> oh, no. I was a girl in the village, too, and all right. We'll stop. But yeah, no. you can check off the random singing box on your bingo card. Very silly. Which can be found in our Instagram bio, the link to it. Uh, we're on Instagram at This Podcast Doesn't Exist. We invite you to play along. And if you do, screenshot, share, and tag us because we'd love to see... Uh, Jordan, we're all here for you. We're rooting for you. We will celebrate when you get bingo. Yes. One day. The day the day that Jordan gets bingo is going to be a very celebratory day. <laughs> and today might be that day. Who knows? We don't know. Well, I suggest buckling in. Oh, okay. Is it like a normal like seat buckle or like full go go Power Rangers going to space? I would full go-go Power Rangers. Oh, all right. Here we go. (laughs) Our visual bit. At it again. It's a thing. This, by the end of this podcast, which let's hope we're in, you know, we're old and senile at that point. In which case we won't know anything, so the podcast will go on. Well, the podcast will just be... A collective series of shared bits and inside jokes that are only funny to us and people who listen to the podcast. I'm fine with that. Yeah, welcome to the club. The club. I didn't like that. Okay. I was going to go with, we're all in a very small gang. Aww. (laughs) Like the mystery gang? Oh, I was going like... Anyway, all right, we're buckled in. We're buckled super in. Super seriously. What is happening yes. today? Today, my friend, we are discussing the Dybbuk box. The what? The Dybbuk box. That sounds made up. We'll see. So I wanted to do this, and it is holiday-ish related as well, but it's almost Hanukkah related. Oh, okay. The day that this airs will be the last night of Hanukkah. Oh, time. So, hey, my grows. Hey. Um, so I wanted to do something that was Jewish. This specific box is supposedly haunted by a spirit called a Dybbuk, which is known to cause harm and even possess the living. And the box is now referred to as one of the most haunted items in the world. Oh. So what is a Dybbuk, you ask? Yeah, what is a Dybbuk? A Dybbuk is, in the Jewish faith, a spirit who has unfinished business and who can glom onto a living person to accomplish their task. Okay. So, I mean, the understanding of ghost is fairly similar to this. I mean, in my understanding, I feel like this would be more of a poltergeist. Like, in my, in my yeah. interpretation of ghosts, ghosts just, like, hang out. They don't possess people. That's fair. But okay. I, yeah, yeah. But I get it. I'm okay. talking. Unfinished business. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So the word dibbuk is an abbreviation of a Jewish phrase that translates to a cleavage of an evil spirit. So already the dibbuk has a negative connotation. The word dibbuk itself 
actually means the act of sticking from the verb, which I am going to be a little, I'm going to try my hardest in terms of pronunciation because this is uh, Yiddish and Hebrew that I'm trying to pronounce. I am not Jewish. I apologize. The verb debak, uh, which is what it comes from, dibak is like a noun form of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the verb debak means to adhere, to cling, or even in most more modern uh, senses, just straight up glue. Hmm. So you have already a sense of possession in the word of dibak, just by etymology alone. Which, of course, I had to go into because English major me could not keep herself from Nerd. it. Nerd! Yeah, sorry. So the term first came up in a few 16th century writings, but a play named The Dybbuk, or Between Two Worlds, by S. Ansky in 1914, popularized the concept of the spirit in literary circles. All earlier accounts of possession were attributed to demons rather than ghosts. So... Oh, when you okay. think of yeah, when you think of possession, when you were trying to define like poltergeist right. versus ghost, which I guess in the broader understanding, demons are are of their own origin versus yeah. ghosts are beings of that have passed yeah. passed on. Okay, yeah. So in this sense, a dibic is a person has passed and their soul is trapped in the earthly realm and must possess a person in order to finish their business that will then let okay. them be released into is that the next realm i have questions about the mechanics of it are you going to get to it i might okay. but i'll pause after i go through the rest okay. of this and i'll hold can, on to these you can let me know So, in Jewish mythology, there are a few other forms of what is called soul transmigration, which is what a dibbuk is categorized as. So, there's the ibber, which means impregnation, and it is a positive soul possessing a body temporarily with consent. It must be under consent of the host so that the soul can then perform a mitzvah, which is just a basic deed, whatever they need to finish and do. But it is required that it is by consent. Okay, okay. So... That's a more positive, that's basically on the other end of the spectrum in terms of dibic versus, like bad spirit versus good spirit. There's also what is called a gilgol, meaning rolling in Yiddish, that is like reincarnation almost, in that a soul must live many lives before it gains enough wisdom to rejoin God. So there's that idea of like maybe a grandparent has died and then the next child to be born within that family lineage has the soul of that grandparent and must grow up and and live and it's sometimes why kids end up having like recovered memories at four of like Mm -hmm. a past life kind of thing right um so there's there's that within that too okay that's kind of more in the middle maybe even an outlier in terms of the spectrum of ghost demon stuff all this to say that a dibic in the Jewish tradition can be seen as good or bad, but mostly it has a negative connotation in that a restless soul has unfinished business on earth and needs a living host to see it through no matter what it is. Consent is not needed for a dibic, but there's also no precedent for one being inside of an object like a box. It's usually just a free roaming spirit that attaches itself to somebody mm-hmm. in order to finish a task. Okay. 
So what were your questions about the mechanics of it all? Well, yeah, so the first one you kind of answered with the, um, what is it, the, the Ibor? Ibor, yeah. Ibor. Because um, I was going to ask, I was like, well, couldn't there be like a nice spirit yeah. <laughs> they needed to put, temporarily possess someone? But yeah. that kind of answered that. And then are the, in this tradition, in this mythology, are these spirits, like is a Dybbuk a, a visual experience or is it just you, you only know that someone has been possessed because the spirit will speak through them? It's not a visual sort of thing. There are different variations I mean, and when yeah. I get into the story of this particular box, we'll see how it kind of manifests itself in different ways. Um, but so far as I could find in terms of accounts, it was mostly that it would be that it possesses somebody, they do something out of the ordinary of themselves, like they do something counter to their own personality or their own feelings or something, and that's when they would know when they were possessed by a Dybbuk. I will also say, and this is according to the Sinisterhood podcast, who are wonderful ladies, you should go and listen to them, um, but their research suggested that Whenever a woman would act a little bit out of line, she would supposedly be possessed by a Dybbuk. And then you could blame the ghost for her outbursts or her, you know, behavior. Her and, <gasps> free will? Yeah, and then exorcise that uh, Dybbuk out of her. It, there's a little, yeah. It, I will say, go listen to Sinisterhood. They are wonderful. They did a great episode on just Dybbuk in general. And they talk about this box in particular, but they talk more generally about the Dybbuk as a spirit itself. And it was fascinating. It was very helpful, too. Um, but, yeah. So there's a little bit of that in there. Mm -hmm. As well as the way in which a Dybbuk enters your body is a very oddly sensual thing. So... I don't want to talk about it because it, it really grossed me out, but... All right. Well, yeah. we'll just leave that question hanging in the air. Like yeah. an unresolved spirit. Yeah. So, let's move on. So, now that we know what a Dybbuk is, why is one inside this box? So, we're getting into the story, the legend of this box. According to a previous owner, the box was made by a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland. Her name was Havala. She and her family were all sent to a concentration camp, and she was the only survivor. She lost her parents, her brothers, her sister, her husband, her two sons, and her daughter. She had escaped to Spain until the end of the war and bought the box there before her migration to the U.S. It was one of only three items that she had brought with her to the States, the other two being a steamer trunk and a sewing box. So Havala's granddaughter remembers asking her grandmother what the, uh, what the box that was always in her sewing room was. It was constantly shut, it was always out of reach, but when she asked about it, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers and said it was a Dybbuk and a, quote, Kesselim that were trapped inside of it, and it was never, ever to be opened. Interestingly, Kesselim isn't a Hebrew or Yiddish word that I could find. Um, I could only find it as a Turkish word, and it's spelled K-E-S-E-L-I-M. Um, and it means, quote, to cut or to stop. Hmm. So a little bit, not even a little bit, it's almost exactly the opposite. 
to what Dybbuk means in mm-hmm. Hebrew. So that in and of itself is weird. Mm-hmm. That both, it, maybe there's two spirits that are living inside of it. Maybe it's just one and it's two different variations of what, you know, kind of spirit it could be. I don't really know. Mm. In any case, Havala had asked that when she passed, that the box be buried with her. She died at 103. Oh, God in- bless. Is it a ghost or our dryer? Oh, it's a dryer. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I had no clue what it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, Siama doesn't live here anymore, so she forgets. <laughs> the, whole, the whole table is the shaking. Whole, the door. <laughs> the Dippick is like, how dare you speak of me? I'm sorry. <laughs> I really hate that. <laughs> okay. It's always during your episodes that random noises start. (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing through my anxiety because that's healthy. Havala asked that when she passed that the box be buried with her. She died at 103 in Portland, Oregon, but her family did not carry out her request. Y'all, I... Really? Really? Seriously. Have we... mm, Okay. Have we discussed the way that we want to be <laughs> I think this would be buried. like the third time on the podcast. You want to be a vase. Yeah. I don't think but that it made do- it into any of our podcasts. Really? <laughs> I think that's so shady. Because if you you want to be turned into a breakable piece of decor, but then you want your descendants to not be told that it's you. I think I think my main thing is that I just genuinely want to end up haunting my family. <laughs> but I need a reason. Just have some unfinished business. I can be if if they break the vase that's made out of my ashes, because that's how I'm gonna go out, and my firstborn child's gonna end up being the one who ends up with the vase of mom, but they won't know that it's me. That's so. If they break it, if they sell it, if they try to get rid of it, shout out to your like brainy third child. Like I'm just picturing like a a brainy like smart bookish little girl that goes back and listens to these ancient podcasts that. <laughs> A podcast. What is that? Mom and Aunt Shannon made, and then she's gonna be like, "It's mom." In, in the group, the group hologram text or whatever. <laughs> she's gonna be like, "Um, so I have some bad news. <laughs> we didn't actually bury mom. <laughs> Instead, it was a doll that she made that was supposed to be her. I don't know. I'm never gonna do that. That's a little bit too convoluted That's for me, a and I'm pretty sure." Bit. I'm, I'm pretty sure whoever ends up actually taking care of my body after I pass is going to be like, you know. Because <laughs> someone's going to have to know that At that happens. At least get turned into a diamond or something. <laughs> People don't lose diamonds. And then you could haunt. And then if it got stolen, you could haunt whoever stole you from your family. Oh. That's true. Think about it. I like that. I like that better than the, the base option. All right, so what am I doing with you when you die? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, out the window. <laughs> chuck, you, chuck you overboard into the sea. <laughs> no, the ocean is terrifying, bro. You wouldn't know. You, were, you would be dead. Okay, but still terrifying. But I guess that's, that's the point. I don't know if I want to haunt people. People don't really go sailing the way they used to. Because I was going to be like, <laughs> I was going to 
become a sea siren and haunt the rocks of whatever but then I'm like but people there aren't like pirates in the traditional sense out in the ocean anymore it would be a lonely business it's fair you know I have I talked to you about my dream of space sirens dude <laughs> what Okay, picture this. I'm, not... <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. I mean, this is a very long tangent, and I apologize, but I am very interested. Yeah, in you're you fine. Too. Last week's episode was shorter. Okay, picture this. I'm not really a sci-fi person, but I know, like sirens, like mermaids. Yes, but space, like planetary, luring astronauts to crash into the surface of their planet. Dude, write this novel. I don't want to, but I want someone to, and I want someone to do the fan art of it. Also, if I were any good at cosplay or makeup or anything, I would be like, Halloween, no one will get it. But But here I I am. I guess I'd need somebody to be like a crashed astronaut with me. Oh, that'd be cute. That I could just like be around them all night. do Do these space sirens have... Like mermaid bottoms, like I fins I, or something, I mean, or would they be? I I don't I don't know because I feel like you could like swim through they'd, yeah, air. They'd, they'd have to be something aerodynamic. Well, I guess not. Capacity. It's not. It's not air. Well, it's just the void. Yeah, of space. But still. But, but like and and instead of like ocean watery colors, think of like Saturn, like the, the rings that come like. The, the golden gaseous and, yeah, kind of like they're not quite solid silver. but they're I don't know I think it would be cool I think that's a beautiful image and I am very excited for when you do have the courage to write it yeah talk about unfinished business <laughs> seriously <laughs> let's get back into it so how do we know that this box is haunted let me guess, somebody went and made more bad decisions after not listening to Grandma. Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> In September of 2001, the oh. year that Havala died, a man named Kevin Manis went to the estate sale being held by her family in Portland, Oregon. He bought the wine box from her granddaughter, as well as the sewing box that she had brought over from Spain. The granddaughter, after it was sold, came to him and said, quote, I see you got the Dybbuk box, end quote, referring to the wine cabinet that he had just bought. Okay, wait, how big is this thing? Because I've been picturing, like, a little box, um, but you're saying a cabinet? Well, they it's referred to as a wine cabinet. You can fit about maybe four bottles of wine into it, and they it, the picture will be up on the Instagram, but let me show you the picture of it so you get a better idea. Okay, I'm a visual human. Yes, I know. Here, so this is... This is the picture of it. Oh. So it's okay. not it's not small. Right. But it's not enormous. Okay. So it's it's about a foot a little bit over a foot in height. I think it's a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's not all that wide. I think it's maybe about a half foot. Um and then not, again, not all that deep. It's right. it's really not that big of a box, but it's big enough to hold it at the very least four slim bottles of wine. Not your Standing big honking right. five dollar 
arbor mist like we do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so again, not not too big, but not small. So it is referred to as a wine cabinet, even if it isn't necessarily okay. huge. Gotcha. So he asked her what a Dybbuk box was, because he's never heard this word before. And she told him how her grandmother had kept it up high and shut it and told no, no one to ever get up into it or open it. Mm-hmm. Um, when she told him that the box was meant to be buried with her, Kevin, trying to be nice, tried to return it as an act of goodwill, not wanting his money back, but to try and honor the dead woman's request, being like, oh, if you couldn't, you know, maybe maybe they didn't have enough money to, to bury her with everything that she wanted to be buried with. Maybe she was eccentric. I don't know. Um, but, like... They're selling this to make sure that they have enough money to pay off the house. I'll just give it back to them, and they can keep my money as, like, a donation to her. <laughs> the granddaughter adamantly refused, saying that he had to take it because he had just bought it, and even when he explained he didn't want his money back, she became very visibly upset and raised her voice to say, quote, You made a deal. End quote. <laughs> she began to cry, said, We don't want it, and walked away. <laughs> Kevin figured that it was due to grief and stress that the woman was feeling at the death of her grandmother, and so he just took his items and left. Mm. At the time, Kevin owned a furniture refinishing business and, like, kind of, like, antique shop The most thing. Portland thing ever. Yeah. He brought the box back to his basement workshop where he was going to refinish it and give it as a gift to his mother for her birthday. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He left it there, opened the shop, and went out for errands, leaving a young employee in charge of the shop while he was gone. He was only gone 30 minutes when he got a call from his employee. Mm-mm. She was hysterical and screaming about someone in the workshop breaking glass and swearing. They had also locked the iron security gates around the doors, and the emergency exit was completely locked off, and she could not get out. Oh my gosh. As he tried to tell her to call the police, his cell phone battery went dead. So Kevin raced back to the shop. He says he went, like, 110 miles per hour back to the shop, like, trying she to get there. She is not, this, whoever this employee is, she is not getting paid enough for this. Seriously. He got there and found the gates locked, just as his employee had said. He unlocked them and finally got inside, and he found his employee on the floor of his office, sobbing uncontrollably and completely hysterical. She wasn't able to give him any information because she was just unable to speak because she was sobbing so much. Kevin ran down to the workshop. And he, once he hit the bottom of the stairs, the unmistakable smell of cat urine smacked him in the face. And if you have not had or owned a cat, been around cats long <laughs> enough to smell what cat pee smells like, it is so, like, it's basically, like, ammonia, but, like, times ten. It is so bad if it's, like, enough of it. So the fact that he immediately recognized it, and this man has never owned a cat, he claims, in his life, so... He knew exactly what it smelled like, was, and it was overwhelmingly bad. It, so he walked into it, and it just, like, smacked him in the face. And he was like, <laughs> He had had no animals in the shop, nor had he ever found any roaming around the shop. So he couldn't understand why they were, or why that smell would even be there. He tried the lights, but they wouldn't turn on. As he pressed further into the workshop, he realized the lights weren't working because they were all broken, crunching under his feet. All nine of the bulbs that were in the ceiling had been broken off in their sockets, and the ten four-foot tubes of fluorescence were shattered on the floor. And if you don't know, 
what you're doing with fluorescence, it's very hard to get them out of their sockets. Like, you have to put them, like, in one side, and then the other side has to snap in, and then you lock it on one side. I We have a uh, fluorescent light in our bathroom, mm-hmm. and it was exceptionally hard because I didn't know what I was doing. And so it took me, like, almost a full 30 minutes. And now it, you might be listening to this and going, Emma, it's really not that hard. I promise you, I'm not lying when I say it was 30 minutes, and I'm not a dumb human, I don't think. So I was annoyed. So the fact that all 10 of these fluorescent lights are, like, stripped from the ceiling and crashed on the floor is terrifying. That's, that's, mm, I don't know what it is. The single, single heebus jeebus over here Mm -hmm. of the normal light bulbs snapped off, like, broken in their sockets. Just, ooh, it sent me to a place that I didn't like. I'm sorry, you have to sit with that singular Call my mom, pick me up, please. Just, just wait. (laughs) She should pick you up after this, though. Oh, no. I'll call her. So, Kevin couldn't see anyone in the basement, and they would have had to pass him to get up into the main shop, as the basement had only one door. So, he went back upstairs to his office to talk to his employee, but she had peaced. Like, she had just run out of there. She had worked with him for two years, and after that day would not return to the space she refused to talk to him about the incident there was absolutely nothing like she was just like nope bye okay yeah so kevin thought that it was possible that an actual intruder really had scared his employee and left before he had arrived even though all the doors were locked but he's like well maybe they found a window to like go through that i didn't find i don't know Mm. but like it was probably an intruder, and that's right. horrible that that happened to her, but gotta, gotta keep moving. So, Kevin got back to work, and two weeks after he had bought the box, decided to start refinishing the box in preparation for his mother's birthday. Mm-hmm. So, he opened it. But... Mm. The mechanism of the box was well made, so that when you opened one door, the other door and the drawer below opened as well. Mm-mm. <laughs> And this is what he found inside the box. A 1928 U.S. wheat penny, a 1925 U.S. wheat penny, one small lock each of blonde hair and brown hair, Mm -mm. each tied with string, a small granite statue with the Hebrew word shalom spelled out on it in gold, a dried rosebud, a golden wine cup, and a black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs, which is the weirdest of all what? of those items. That is for that is just now the oddest available of them all. at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's just the weirdest one out of all those items. Okay. So Kevin put the items in a separate box, as he only intended to give the wine box to his mother. He was like, she doesn't need all of these weird items. Yeah, no. So instead of refinishing it fully. He just cleaned it and rubbed it with lemon oil. It was then he noticed an inscription carved into the back of the cabinet. Mm -mm. This inscription was of the Shema, the most important part of a prayer service in Judaism, which with its first verse reading, quote, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Kevin did not know this at the time. I don't think he's Jewish, so I don't think he could read Hebrew. Mm -hmm. I don't think he really understood any of that. Um, but he was like, all right, this is on the back. I don't think my mother's going to care. 
His mother was spending her birthday with his sister, so instead they met a few days after her birthday, which was October 31st, 2001. Um, stares into the camera like I'm on The Office. Seriously. What? So they were supposed to have lunch, and then he was going to give her her wine box, but he decided to flip it so that they would go to his office Mm -hmm. beforehand, go to his his shop beforehand, and then they were going to go to lunch. So he led her downstairs to the basement before they were to go out, and she seemed to like her gift. Mm -hmm. And as she examined it, Kevin took a phone call upstairs. Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, an employee came into his office saying that something was wrong with his mom. When he got to her, she was sitting still in a chair in front of the cabinet, blank-faced, with tears streaming down her cheeks. She couldn't respond to any of his questions. She was taken to the hospital in an ambulance where they figured out that she had had a massive stroke. Hmm. The same day, the lease on his store was terminated, and for no reason, like they would not give a reason why, as, uh, why it was terminated. So now he's lost his store. When Kevin visited his mother the next day, and he asked her how she was, she teared up and spelled out the words, no gift. Kevin thought she had forgotten that she had received a gift from him on her birthday. Obviously, this was a traumatic thing, like, that this had happened, that she had had a stroke, so maybe her memory was a little not there. And when he said he'd given her a gift, she became more upset and then spelled out, hate gift. He told her not to worry, and that he would get her a better gift so long as she got better. Luckily, she did. She regained the ability to speak, which she at that point was not able to do. Um, She regained the ability to walk. She turned out to be okay past that point, but she would not go anywhere near this box. She would not even want to be associated with it in any capacity. And when he asked her later, Um, what happened when she opened the box, she said something blew through her that she could only describe as pure evil. So fun, right? (laughs) Shannon is not having a good time, y'all. Shannon's so not having a good time. I'm concerned. I can, like, feel the the style of music that they would use to underscore if, they, if this was a movie, it would be a lot of like scritchy, scratchy strings and I'm very <laughs> anxious right now. I'm sorry. All right. So Kevin tried to give the box to numerous family members. Why? Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> and even at one time sold it to a couple through his shop, but it was returned very quickly usually within a few days, every single time, with claims of a smell either of jasmine flowers or cat urine. So (laughs) one one or the other. um, That the doors would open on their own or that, and this is from the couple who uh, who bought it from him, and they left it on the doorstep with a note that just said it had bad darkness to it. And he was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) How do you not know what? He's like, it's Portland, you know, some people. So, eventually, he brought it home. The idiot! Okay, Kevin. The idiot! I literally wrote in my notes, in all caps, THE IDIOT! I, Kevin, I don't wish ill upon anybody, but you stupid. Seriously, (laughs) man. I just, I don't know where your brain's at. Like, I can understand not believing in this kind of stuff, but if this truly happened to you... Better safe than sorry. Right? I'd rather not have 
a haunted box in my possession? No. In any case, as soon as he had it in his house, he started to have a recurring nightmare. He would be walking with a friend, usually someone he trusted, and then was looking into their eyes. He would turn and look into their eyes. It was then that he realized that there was something evil looking back at him. It wasn't his friend anymore. The person then changed into a demonic looking hag, which is what he described, a hag, so like an old crony woman, um, who would then beat the living hell out of him. He would shoot awake after this and find bruises and marks on himself where the woman had beat him. And at this point, I wrote this all, also in all caps, at this point, he still doesn't connect it to the box. <laughs> like, he's, the day that he brings it back to his house, this is what happens. So finally, after having some family stay the night at his home a few months later, and during breakfast, they all recount an awful dream they had. It was almost verbatim what his was. It just was a different friend of whoever was dreaming. Each had also had the dream when the box was in their own home, because all of these family members have now had this box in their house. And now they're staying in his house where the box is again. So this dream is happening to all of them and has happened before to all of them. So he now realized, finally, that it had something to do with the box. Because <laughs> they had all also had this dream and it was in their own home. Like, you finally put that together? Ugh. So for a week after this discussion, Kevin began to see shadows in his peripherals. Mm. And others who visited him said that they had also seen shadows. No. He eventually put the box in, in an outdoor storage unit on his property, but was awoken in the middle of the night by a smoke alarm in the unit, only to find the unit clear of smoke and fire, but smelling horribly of cat urine. So we're back to the awful smells. The same night, he brought the box back inside and tried to research it, desperate for some answers. And I'm like, dude, these these this research I would have done the minute my family member said, I've had the same dream you did, almost verbatim. Like, uh, I would have tried to figure out what that thing was so fast. I wouldn't have waited. Yeah. Anyway. So. He fell asleep at the computer nope. and had a, the same horrible nightmare, Mm-mm. only to wake up at 4.30 a.m. to the feeling of someone breathing on his neck, and this time, the smell of jasmine flowers. I don't like this. You're so not into this. This is so funny to me that, like, I love ghost stories, and Shannon's, like, almost crying. She's so not into this at all. I promise it gets better. Are you sure? Oh, my God. I'm just so nervous. I would be freaking out. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) I feel like only talked. You're literally crying. (laughs) Only talked by the sensation of, like, something pressing down on you, like, restricting your breathing. I feel like something on the back of your neck has to be... The second most horrifying sensation ever. Yeah. Because that's so intimate and so close. Yeah. And you can't... Oh, God. All right. Hold on. Yep. (sighs) Do you want a pillow to hold on to? No. I'm fine. My own face will do just fine. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sorry I've done this to you. (laughs) No. Like, I really want to know. It's like a really good story. I'm just very nervous. It's okay. This is why I don't watch scary movies. 
for any friends and family that are listening to this that have been like, <laughs> oh, Shannon, scary movies are fun. Wrong. No, they're not. I don't watch scary movies. I can't stand them. I hate looking at all, because I'm a visual person too. I can't look at it and be okay, but I can read all about it. Oh, can I, on a relate, can I tell yes, you a absolutely. small related thing? Um, one time in high school, some friends kidnapped me. Um, not actually, but they like picked me up because we were going to go have a movie night at okay. our one friend's house. Um, mostly I blame Stephanie for this. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she is truly to blame, but she's. The one I'm blaming. Um, I thought we were going to our friend's house for movie night, like, you know, 13 going on 30, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Something fun and light and cute. And you know, a you bunch of high school girls. High school. Yeah. I mean, I would, generalization. I, would I was also obsessed with the Avengers in high school. I still am now, but like, that's that was the genesis. Right. So it wasn't. I'm, I'm currently holding a Captain America shield pillow. <laughs> While Shannon drinks water out of a Captain America shield water bottle. <laughs> I have a brand. What can I say? Um, but, so anyway, all that to say, girls can be into, everybody is multifaceted. Yes, but course. I thought but we Lizzie were going McGuire for, like, man girly gold. movie night. Like, face masks, popcorn, great. Wrong. <laughs> we, maybe we watched something else first. I literally don't remember this was a traumatic experience okay. so i might have just like wiped it from my memory they put on the movie the descent which if you're not familiar is about a group of women who go hiking spelunking oh gosh oh into this i cave. remember this movie. i have not seen it but i remember hearing about this movie. right but then i i'm trying to remember but I think one of the, maybe they were going for somebody's birthday or something, but then one of the women that's part of this party actually doesn't like kind of the main character oh because she's been like sleeping with her boyfriend or husband, some, something okay. like that. yeah. But that woman like changes plans at the last minute, so they end up going to a different cave than the one they like filed plans with the park service or something like Oh, there's somebody, this makes me nervous. There's somebody that you're supposed to be like, hi, we're going into this cave and we expect to be back yeah, by yeah, this yeah. time, which is smart. Um, and then they go down in the cave and I don't know if they get stuck or caved in. I don't remember. But then there are these creatures. Oh, God. And the first creatures show up maybe like 30 minutes in. Oh, that's quick. Maybe. I don't really know. But uh, I, from that moment, I was no longer watching The Descent. I was merely listening to it. I don't remember if I was by myself on a chair or if maybe Stephanie was next to me and I just had her arm. But I was, I was hiding my face for the entire movie. So I listened to that movie. Ugh. Which is honestly not as scary when you're only listening to it and you realize, like, the screechy effects are just the same effect over and over and over. But. That's not great. Did not enjoy. That's not great. But same mechanism of being like, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch it. But even just listening to it is like, till, still not great, but yes, like not as go. scary. I was. Did you see me go? Why did I start this? Why did I, I start this story? This story? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent what just happened. But uh, I, I do remember a distinct moment because, um, of course, these creatures are like trying to kill. Of course, because that's our, the whole reason that they exist. Hikers. Um, but at one point, Stephanie 
<laughs> at one point, Stephanie goes, oh, look, a cranberry bog. <laughs> Stephanie's not British, but we would just, like, speak in silly accents of sometimes. because you're high schooler. Um, <laughs> but I did, like, peek up, and it's just one more, and she's, like, covered, and it's, like, bright red, and there's just blood. But it really did look like a cranberry bog. Like, it was bright red, <laughs> and, like, there were little chunks Gross. But it was so, like, Technicolor red that it, for for that brief frame that I happened to glimpse. Um, Anyway, that was a a detour. And uh, I hope your anxiety has gone down a little bit. Let's bring it back up. All right. Let's go, Emma. (laughs) As I tuck myself into my fuzzy blanket. (laughs) You did. So we're back at the the desk. Someone's Mm -hmm. breathed down his neck. Mm-hmm. As he raised his head, a huge shadow was walking away from him down the hall. <laughs> so now it's no longer a shadow in his peripherals. He is fully watching a shadow walk down the hall. <laughs> Shannon's already back to almost crying. <laughs> All right. So, like, Peter Pan's shadow, but terrifying. Like, there's nothing there to cast the shadow, but yeah. the shadow is visible A on dark the wall. figure. Yay. Yeah. So Kevin became afraid that if he tried to destroy the box, something worse may happen. Which in this case, I'm like, good on you, Kev. Yeah, I did have that thought when when people started returning it for bad yeah. juju. I was like, you could just chuck it off a cliff or like set it on fire. But then I was like, oh, but then Ooh, this year will get more you don't know. angry. Yeah. Um, so instead, he decided to sell it on eBay in 2003 <laughs> because that's a good idea. I mean, why not? He included the items he found in the box with the sale, said that he would provide hospital records and sworn affidavits from people to corroborate his story with the purchase, and did not have a minimum bid or a reserve price on the item. So basically he was like, whatever price, somebody somebody, please take this from me. And that's where this whole story that I've just told comes from. Uh-huh. And you can still see that in its archive now, but I have the link and it's going to be in the show notes of this entire story that he wrote out on uh-huh. the eBay description. So obviously mine is paraphrased and not from his point of view, like it's from his point of view, but it's not it's not me saying, I, I'm not reading it to mm-hmm. you. Um, it's a great read. It's very well written. And it's terrifying. Mm-mm. So another idiot bought the box. Of course. For $140. All right. Plus shipping and handling. It, I don't remember. Okay. I couldn't see. But this was in 2003. So $140. Okay. Not... How... Okay, first of all, economic detour, like, Jason will probably yell at me for being very simple about this, but isn't it sad that... (laughs) 2003, we talk about inflation. Like, inflation has been so bad that we're like, well... I mean, Yeah. Back in the day. (laughs) Oi. You right. (laughs) Like, 2003 money should not be that drastically different than it kind uh, of is. 2020 money. Yeah. I don't know the actual exchange rate. Probably is no, exchange rate. The, the inflation rate. I don't think it's that bad, but still, like, $140 is not... It's not cheap, but it's not expensive not either. Not insignificant. Yeah. So the idiot that bought it was a student at Truman State University in Missouri named Josef Nietzsche. He was interested in the folklore of the Dybbuk. He claims, in because he also wrote a little blurb about this, he had a blog at one point, mm-hmm. um, he claims 
that the word keslim or keselim refers to a Turkish word meaning priest, but I couldn't find that anywhere. Literally, I could find that nowhere. So, and I will link where my research comes from. Obviously, maybe I'm not looking hard enough, but I couldn't find it anywhere. After he received the box, and this is, keep in mind, like a 24-year-old, his hair started to fall out, and it went from, like, full-headed hair to almost bald. Oh. Within the span of eight months. Oh. So, that happened, and he was very upset about it. <laughs> when he wrote about it, he was like, I don't understand! <laughs> yeah. So, the lights in his house would burn out instantaneously. He also saw short, uh, shadows in the corners of his eyes, would mm-hmm. smell what he described as either juniper or ammonia, so like jasmine and cat urine. Mm-hmm. Those are just kind of similar smells to each of those. He had a lot of card trouble. He had a very hard time sleeping. And all of his roommates also claimed to see shadows, feel very ill. They couldn't sleep. They also had car trouble. So I'd be super pissed at this roommate who brought in a cursed box into yeah, my house. No. I would have been I'm so... I'm sorry. We uh-uh. need to have a house meeting before anyone buys a haunted box off eBay. Please. Like, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please. Lastly, there was one day that he came home to find all ten of his freshwater fish dead in their aquarium. Aww. Which is so sad. Because <laughs> those were kind of his babies. Which Why is can you just focus on the fish, bro? Why'd you have to buy a haunted box? Seriously. Why? So, in early 2004, February to be exact, Yosef decided to also try to get rid of the box through eBay. Because <laughs> this is where you put haunted boxes. Apparently. Apparently. Haunted, I- there's actually a, a very long list of like haunted items that have been sold through eBay. <laughs> I believe it. Or Etsy now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a thing. Yeah, there are a lot of them on Etsy too. So, again... Another idiot bought it, this time for two hundred and eighty dollars. Oh. So he uh, Yosef doubled. His, yeah, yeah, okay. Made made a bit of a, a bit of money on it, and this idiot was named Jason Haxton. I'm sorry, I'm calling you guys idiots. I don't think I, any of you are ever going to hear this, but like, not your Jason though. Oh yeah, sorry, not my Jason. Not baby, not you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, this Jason is an idiot. You are not. Unless you go buying haunted stuff off eBay. That's so not him. <laughs> okay, good. Because I would never That's go to your me. house ever again. <laughs> I would never go. Yeah, you, you're you the eccentric weirdo with your naked cat and I want a naked cat so box. badly. No. Jason and I say My box no. of teeth. Ew. No. You know where my yeah, teeth are. Yeah, I house. know. Um, anyway, so Jason, Jason Haxton. <laughs> not going to explain that. No. Okay, great. It's normal. <laughs> I have a box of teeth in my house. But some of them are mine. Yeah. So, he, Jason, not mine, but Jason Haxton was the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, which I, I don't really know what you would have in that museum, but uh. Okay. So this was also the same town that Yosef was in. Oh. So basically it was a quick handoff of this box. Jason, too, experienced many health problems, including hives, coughing up blood, and welts all over his body. He also claimed when he first received the box 
His eyes began to bleed ah! as if they had been struck by a pin. Ah! No. Ah. And yet, huh. he still made claims that owning the box reversed his aging. Which I don't I don't know where that comes from, I sir. I don't care if you look 25 if you're bleeding out of your eyeballs. Seriously. Also, a man died in his home sitting in a chair that was directly over the box in the basement. <gasps> Although, this death was attributed to natural causes, similar to the stroke that Kevin's mother had. Yeah. And no one has thought to consult a psychic, a priest... A rabbi. Well, Jason contacted Jewish rabbis. Okay, thank you. Mostly in the area. Um, to either find a way to seal the box or get rid of the dibbic, something. Like, let's let's figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, he consulted Rebecca Ettery, who is a, a Orthodox Jewish bookkeeper from Brooklyn. Um, and she helped him to understand the purpose of the box. This is what her summation is. She says that the box was sacred, built like the usual receptacle for Torah scrolls, and that it wasn't unusual for a box this size to be used when going to comfort the family of the deceased. Now remember, this is like a, a foot and a half tall and like a little, a little bit less wide and, de- and deep. So this isn't necessarily something you couldn't carry. Yeah. Uh, it's probably... a about the like, size of my torso. Yeah, I feel like a case is a better descriptor than That's cabinet. Fair. That's fair. It's it has some heft, but yeah. you could still transport it. Exactly. The only the only reason I think it's called a cabinet is because it has two front like two doors on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, so she also said that the box was deliberately stuffed with a spirit, which deliberately stuffed. <laughs> like that was the actual phrase that was used, and I was like, get in there. That's hilarious. <laughs> when you're trying to, like, get your duvet into yeah. the duvet. Or <laughs> trying to close your suitcase. <laughs> she suggests that it actually, the box itself, actually needs a formal Jewish burial involving a prayer group. But that hasn't obviously been done. Instead, Jason had some Amish build a wooden box to put it in and make a duplicate of it. What? Jason... Yeah, I don't know. And apparently putting it in the box helped for some time. Later, however, he decides that putting it in a military-grade box, so one that basically won't explode from a grenade, um, and burying it somewhere on his property in a secret location that only he knows was more helpful for subduing the Dybbuk. Jason, you got some stuff going on, bro. I don't know about this. Mm. Jason wrote a book called Dybbuk Box, spelled D-I-B-B-U-K, where it's often uh, actually spelled D-Y-B-B-U-K. But in any case, same sound. In this book, he describes his encounters with the box and the research he did into it. So he did quite a lot of research in terms of, like, figuring out the, like, kind of box and similar ones to it and trying to find the lineage and all of that. It has mixed reviews but is currently being sold on both Amazon and through the Truman State University Library. Oh. Where Jason was a professor. So Jason decided to get the box out of his possession. And on an episode of Ghost Adventures Artifacts, brings the box to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. (laughs) 
And of guys, course. Guys. We started on eBay, now we're here. Guys, I love watching Ghost Adventures. Mostly because Zach Bagans is a hilarious human being. He's so sincere about all of this. And yet he is so awkward that it makes it... It, it's cringeworthy to watch, which makes it very hard for Jason to watch because it, it he he secondhand embarrassment for him mm-hmm. is very yeah. he'll he, he'll only watch it with me if he's wearing a hoodie that he can then pull tight <laughs> around his face. <laughs> yep, I feel that in my soul. Yeah, so I did watch this episode by the way, and it's great. So during this episode, Kevin Manis is invited to be near the box once again. So they found Kevin. Kevin's the original guy that bought it from the estate sale. Yes. Okay. The f- idiot the first, if you will. The first, yes. Idiot one. Although, I I guess, really, the family should have listened to the 103-year-old grandmother. I would have. final wishes. I, yes. I have not seen any evidence as to this family. What? Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, um, so, okay. during the episode... Kevin Manis is then led down to the basement where the box has been set up with a chair in front of it. He does not sit in the chair. Instead, he immediately opens the box and starts wandering around the room. He then decides to recite something that sounds like poetry. And Shannon, I am going to show you this clip of the show. I It's found on Hulu. Ghost Adventures, some of the seasons are on Hulu. And specifically, this is the first episode, first season of Ghost Adventures Artifacts. Um, so if you like, if you have Hulu and you would like to go find it, it is uh, in that episode. I'm sure there's also a clip of it on YouTube. This is just where I was watching it. And now we will watch it. Okay, what? Shannon has just seen a clip from the episode of Ghost Adventures Artifacts where Kevin is reciting a what sounds like a poem. It's just really, I find it funny <laughs> the way that the that Zach Bagans and his crew are reacting. I mean, that would feel? be kind of terrifying though if you are genuinely someone who sort of believes in ghosts, and then this guy, like, they said that his tone, like his voice, sounded different. It does. It, 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 watching the episode, it does sound very it, like it's the same. It's the same voice, like it's still his voice, but it's a very different tone. He doesn't stutter, yeah. like all of this. I, yeah. So I feel like in the moment it would be very scary or spooky. The skeptic in me is like, Kevin wants to really milk his experience, so he memorized something to recite in the basement when he got there. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just that good. Go watch it. It's good. The box itself can now be found in Zach Bagan's haunted museum. It's under glass in its own space so that no one can touch it. Except Post Malone. I'm sorry. (laughs) You didn't know we were going there. Unexpected celebrity mention on your bingo card. Seriously. Post Malone went to visit the museum in Vegas in 2019 because he's weirdly friends with Zach Bagan's. That, I mean, I know literally nothing about Post Malone, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, Zach Bagans took the glass off of the box and told him to touch it. And Post Malone did. There was a video of this on the internet, and it's kind of hilarious. 
Because, I mean, you know Post Malone's face. He's got, like, all these tattoos. At this point, he still had his long hair. Now it's cut short. But he still had his, like, long dreads and stuff. And this man, his face went goes from, like, all right, like, kind of creeped out to, like, no! <laughs> it's very funny. To me. Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> She's, like, not Okay, but this. what happened to him? Is he fine? So he touched the Dybbuk box. And bite marks appear on his arm. <laughs> Later on, his plane home almost crashed. <gasps> what? His house, in a, a few months later, was robbed at gunpoint. Uh, okay. And he crashed his Rolls Royce. Like, he got into a really bad car crash. Well, the last two, I feel like, are general celebrity BS stuff. Like Potentially. If you're wealthy, people are more likely to try and rob you. And yeah. if you're a celebrity, you have a self-inflated ego of getting away with things maybe but uh is he okay he's fine okay good um he's still uh, very creeped out by this he won't go back to the museum yeah no go back um but he's still friends with zach bagans for some reason but because i would not be friends with zach bagans if he took he was like took the glass off the divic box and was like go ahead touch it he does do this thing zach does that is like i'm not giving you an order or anything like you don't have to do this if you don't want to but like you're more than welcome to kind mm. of thing of like do it dare you kind of Triple feeling dare you yeah so there is a there is a clip and i'll link it in the show notes too of post malone talking about this on radio of like his experience with it um because it was a big news story last year <laughs> and i remember reading reading it and going huh so also zach idiot bagans decided during quarantine in july to open the box. Bro. As if the world in 2020. We did not need Needs more stuff else. in this. Like it went from murder hornets to those subway rats that were like trying to kill people. Do you remember that? No. No? Okay, never mind. They went away apparently. But the then it was like the Ninja Turtles took care of them. You're right. You're right. And now, opening this Dibbic box. Mm. So. I have not yet watched him open it, and after this epi- or after we're finished with this episode, I'm going to turn it on and we can watch it, mm. but I will also link this in the show notes and you can watch it for yourself. I don't have any clue if anything actually happens. Um, I couldn't find anything. I found a lot of stuff preempting this opening of the box, like there was some on E! News <laughs> that was talking about like the 10 weird things that Zach Bagans wants to tell us about this box that he's opening in July. I couldn't find anything about it afterwards. Like I don't I don't know if anything actually happens, but I so kind of want to see like it do it. It's not like his haunted museum burned to the ground or anything dramatic. No, his haunted museum is also filled with other haunted objects and is supposedly also haunted itself before he even bought it. So this couldn't possibly be the thing. Maybe they're all just playing nicely together. Yeah. The other thing is that once this box was put in the museum, there are accounts that holes were starting to be drilled into the room's walls. What? That were unexplained, that they couldn't figure out why it was happening, as if something was trying to dig its way out. Um, oh wait, the walls of the room or the walls of the box? The walls of the room. Yeah. Okay. So, lastly, oh my God. Okay. this box was the inspiration for the horror movie The Possession. Have not seen it. 
will not see it. Nope. But. Hard pass. That exists. If you're a horror movie person, go ahead. Write in. Let us know. So here are our theories. One, a Dybbuk, or even more spirits, haunt this box and the people who come in contact with it and cause them harm. Now, this could mean that they are trying to possess them in some way in order to get them to do whatever they need them to do in order to finish their unfinished business and pass on to the other side. Or they're just an evil entity who wants to stick around and cause harm. There's that possibility. The other is that it's a hoax. What? So Jason Haxton, in his book, determined that the box's handles and construction dates more from the 50s and 60s period, which would have been well after Havala moved to the U.S. He doesn't dwell on it in his book, um, but that in itself makes me a little suspicious of both the box and him, of mm-hmm. him being, like not dwelling on it but bringing it up just like a little bit and then researching everything else about the boxes if it actually has a dipic inside of it. So, mm. all right. Kevin Manis is also a screenwriter specializing in horror. He writes a lot of other things, too, including spoken word pieces. Stop. Turns out that the encounter he has with the box where he recites what sounds like a poem is actually a spoken word poem that he wrote called The Shadow Man. And I have a link to it. Oh, no. I have not watched this either. And the only reason I haven't watched it is because I didn't want to, like, laugh my butt off while I'm trying to write something that's particularly spooky. <laughs> I was like, I need to be in the mood. But it'll be in the show notes. The the thumbnail on the, on the YouTube uh, link to it is just mashed up pieces of his like there's just pictures of his face everywhere it looks like someone took a collage and like of his like cut out his face multiple times and put it onto this thumbnail it's very weird i want to listen to it we will so yeah he wrote that poem that he's reciting without tripping up without any of that so your supposition that he memorized something to say during his experience is correct i don't think that zach bagans and his crew knew that Mm -hmm. um they seem to be pretty good about debunking stuff mm-hmm. in their usual shows. Um, so I don't think they had any clue that this man was also a very creative type who would write things for fun that were horror-y. So yeah, also, no one can find Josef Nietzsche. His blog is gone, where he detailed what happened to him while owning the box. His digital presence has been scrubbed, and there has been no results from trying to track him down. So did he exist at all? Or was he the brainchild of a spy? Is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> he was a spy. You said it so quietly. I didn't want to interrupt. A spy. It was very cute, actually. All right, so one critic of the box, Skeptic Christ his name is not Christ. <laughs> a bold move. I think it's Chris. I'll look it up later. <laughs> One skeptic of the box, Chris French, says, quote, The box's owners were already primed to be looking out for bad stuff. If you believe you have been cursed, then inevitably you explain the bad stuff that happens to you in terms of what you perceive to be the cause. 
Put it like this, I would be happy to own this object, end quote. He's also the head of the animalist, no, not animalistic, anomalistic <laughs> psychology research unit at Goldsmiths College at the University of London, so he seems pretty credible to me. However, he has not seen the box in person, so maybe, maybe not. Don't Take know. Take a trip to Vegas, Chris. Go visit Zach. Similar boxes that supposedly have Dybbuk inside of them popped up everywhere since the eBay story about this particular one. You can even buy one from pretty much anywhere. eBay, mm. Etsy, anywhere. There are tons of YouTube videos of people buying, quote, Dybbuk boxes no. and opening them on camera. No, not It's very worth, silly. Not worth the views. Yeah. So here are my final thoughts. I'm usually one to believe a little more in ghosts and paranormal in this sense. And I think that a lot of tragedy can surround people who have had this box or have come in contact with it, you know, it kind of along with Chris French's supposition. But I'm not sure that this story is real. Particularly after learning that Kevin Manis wrote the poem that he recites in Ghost Adventures. The way that he writes the eBay story, it's very long and it's very detailed. And I feel like as a regular human who, like, when you experience trauma, a lot of that trauma you don't remember because your brain tries not to remember it to make sure that you continue mm -hmm. being sane. So there's a little bit of that. Um, but I can't be sure. It might be a hoax. It might be haunted. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this setup, like, I feel like if it were real... We would know a lot more about the original woman. Yeah. And like I want I wanna know what what was she doing in Spain before she came? Like where did she get this box did the box already have a divic inside it when she got it? Or did something happen? Yeah. To her, in in the light of all the trauma that she experienced during the Holocaust, that it, like I feel like, I don't know, the setup is, is so grand that I, like it's a good setup. Like you started and I was I was in. It's a good story. But then now that you've said that he's a screen screenwriter, I'm like, I feel duped. Hmm. And well, also and that you focused on the be not the right characters, Kevin. If the, this was all right? a made up story, you should have fleshed out the the prologue a little bit more. Who cares about all these? There are so many basic white boy names in this. This Kevin, Kevin Jason, Jason. Sorry, babe. Chris. Like the only one not being well, two are Havala and Yosef. Yeah, I I just. Also, based on the limited information I have from what you've said about Dybbuk, it doesn't seem like this spirit, if it did exist, is trying to accomplish anything in order to move on. So I guess, yeah. I guess with that in mind, if there is an element of truth to it, if there is a spirit, I, I would presume with my not extensive knowledge that it would be more of a demon... Than, yeah. a, than a spirit just based on the mythology that you've shared because surely there there would be somebody that could help you accomplish your business and move on but if you just like to 
beat people up and be scary, then maybe you're not, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe that it was made a, quote, Dybbuk box with the intention of maybe salvaging some of that hope or pain or whatever with with whatever Dybbuk it was and then other spirits entered the box and kind of messed up the intentions. I don't know. I kind of want to go and see it. (laughs) You want to go to Vegas? We can go visit Maddie and Carolyn. (laughs) You can go to the creepy box place. Take Liam with you. Okay. Jason and I will go see, like... The Backstreet Boys in Residency or something. Oh, Jason would love that. <laughs> or Celine Dion. I don't think If she... Britney Spears was still... Uh, has a residency, I, so. I would have loved to do that. Or the... Um, Free Britney. There's a... RuPaul's Queens had a review that That's it got cute. shut down by COVID. Oh. So many faves. Cameron Michaels. Miss Banji. That's the only one I think I know. Miss Banji. I don't watch Drag Race. Uh, you, I know you do. I I mean, here and there. Now I don't have access to it anymore. Yeah. But I appreciate them. I follow them on social media. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go watch Drag Queens. Be fabulous. And you can go to the Creepy Box Place. Yeah, maybe I'll meet Zach Bagans because he lives in Vegas now. Maybe. Don't touch the box, though. I swear Oh, to I God. won't. I have no intentions of actually being haunted. I don't want... Let's get this clear. I only want to haunt. <laughs> I only want to haunt. Emma. I do not want to be haunted. I do not. Well, don't I, say that because then some spirit's going to be like, well, joke's on you. Please don't. <laughs> Just that's all I can say to that. Please don't. Please don't. I'd rather not. That seems like a lot of work and... <laughs> I'm already a fairly anxious human to begin with, and anytime my blood pressure goes up just a little bit and then goes back down, I faint, regardless of how fast or slow it is. So please, no. No. No, 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 no. Well, I only have a couple pictures of the box, so the Instagram post is going to be fairly thin, but the source list in the show notes will be very long. So feel free to run through that. But if you want to see the couple pictures I have, please go to our Instagram at this podcast doesn't exist. Like and follow us as well as share and subscribe to this podcast if you like us. Again, if you don't like us, send us to somebody who does. Or even if you don't like us and somebody else you know won't like us either and you want to make them mad, send us to them too. (laughs) So, you know... Haunt your friends while you're alive with wow. us. Wow. Put that Oh my gosh. Harsh. I can haunt people now while I'm living. You guys, she just grabbed her face like an anime character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Put that on the merch though. That's the merch idea for this episode. I can haunt people. Haunt people while you're alive. Yes. Uh. Well, if you'd like to haunt us... Or share any ghost stories or spirit encounters that you've experienced. Do you watch Ghost Hunters or whatever that show is? Have you been to this haunted museum in Vegas? Please tell us. Send us an email at thispodcastdoesn'texist at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you let us, we can share it on the podcast. Yes, because I love ghost stories. 
I really do. I don't know why, but I do. I find them amazing. Well, Emma, I can't say that that was the most enjoyable way (laughs) for me to spend the last hour of my life, but it was an adventurous ride, so thank you. You're welcome. That was a really fun one for me to research. Also, so glad. happy last night of Hanukkah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I, I, I mean, I'm not Jewish, so I don't know of any, any way to sign off from this other than maybe shalom uh, yeah I, I hope my gross give me a call and let me know uh, yeah i hope you get all the the gelt yeah from the dreidel spinning yeah we're both holding our hands in questioning Question arms um but yes happy hanukkah happy holidays to everyone uh thank you for joining us and remember this podcast doesn't exist